It's time for the Back to the Book broadcast with Brother Jimmy Ruckman. You can send all correspondence to Brother Jimmy Ruckman, 1621 Six Mile Cemetery Road, Maryville, Tennessee, 37803, or email back to the book broadcast at gmail.com. The Back to the Book broadcast is a ministry of the Ridgeview Baptist Church in Walland, Tennessee. You can visit the church website at rbcwalland.org. And now the broadcast. Welcome back to Back to the Book. Thank you so much for tuning in, uh, for taking time out of your day to listen. Please take your Bibles, if you would, once again, turn to Jonah in chapter 3. We're still continuing on Nineveh and how they picture repentance. We'll begin reading in verse 4 of Jonah chapter 3. The Bible says, And Jonah began to enter into the city a day's journey. And he cried and said, Yet forty days, and Nineveh shall be overthrown. So the people of Nineveh believed God and proclaimed a fast and put on sackcloth from the greatest of them even to the least of them. For a word came unto the king of Nineveh, and he arose from his throne and laid his robe from him and covered him with sackcloth and sat in ashes. And he caused it to be proclaimed and published through Nineveh by decree of the king and his nobles, saying, Let neither man nor beast Herd nor flock taste anything, let them not feed nor drink water, but let man and beast be covered with sackcloth, and cry mightily unto God. Yea, let them turn every one from his evil way, and from the violence that is in their hands. Who can tell if God will turn and repent, and turn away from his fierce anger, that we perish not? And God saw their works, that they turned from their evil way, and God repented of the evil that he had said he would do unto them, and he did it not. We're looking at what repentance did in their lives. And first of all, it produced a change of heart. That, very simply put, is exactly what repentance is. It's not a quitting sin. It's not some sort of strong emotion that you feel, although sometimes the emotion is involved. It's not just a a, a temporary um, sway or period of question in your life. It's not just a change of belief, but true repentance is a change of heart. A true turning away, rejecting what you used to be in, the sin that you lived in, the, the life that you had in the past, and turning to God for deliverance, for help, and putting your full faith and trust in Him. That is repentance. It's that change of heart. And without that change of heart, there is no salvation. This repentance, it changed the heart. But you know what it did? When, when you're truly repentant, these are the evidences of that. Obviously, that change of heart. Yesterday, we started to look, there was a change in attitude. Where there once had been no fear of God, They now feared God. They feared the coming wrath of God that they were going to face for their wickedness. There was godly sorrow. Not sorry that they had got caught, but sorry they had ever sinned in the first place. Their hearts were broken when they realized the condemnation that they were in. Their spirit, it was broken. They were now at a place where God could deal with them. We've already touched on humility. I don't need to say much more about that, but 
where they once had been proud, haughty people. Now they were humble. As I pointed out, from the greatest of them even to the least of them, every one of them were under the same condemnation. Every one of them put off their clothing that would have shown their rank, and they all put on sackcloth and satin ashes. That was a Old Testament expression of how distraught a person would be or how hard of a time they were going through. They realized the judgment of God and they were distraught. It had them tore up, but they humbled themselves. Even the king, he could have commanded everybody to, to do that, but stayed in his robes himself. But no, he put off his robes and got in the same position they were because they all needed the same thing. That was deliverance from the judgment of God. They all were under that same condemnation. They humbled themselves. And this kind of goes parallel with that. When a person truly gets saved, there is a sense of unworthiness that is represented. A truly repentant individual has this. For some reason, and maybe you haven't noticed it, but it almost seems as if people think they are entitled to salvation today. You know, you hear everybody going on about the participation trophies. And, you know, they might not have ever won a game, but they still got a trophy so they all could feel good. It's like everybody thinks they're entitled to something. The younger generation coming on thinks they're entitled to free college, free this, free that. Everybody give it. And it's really coming from a communist, communistic ideology that's being presented. But it's as if people have carried that into Christianity. They feel as if they are entitled to the blessings of God. They feel as if they are entitled that God's just going to take them to heaven. They think, some people it seems that they think they are doing God a favor just by coming to Him, just by showing up at church on a Sunday. Oh, they've done God a favor by just tipping God when they put the little bit of money that they want to put in in the plate. Have you ever realized that God does not owe us one single thing? It's our own sin that condemns us. It was Nineveh's sin that condemned them. They knew that they were not entitled to this. Where once they had been proud and thought of themselves as a great people, they were quickly becoming a world power at this point. See, Nineveh, they were the capital city of Assyria. If you know anything about history, Assyria is the nation that took Israel, the ten tribes of Israel, captive. They were a world power. But they didn't feel that they were entitled to the mercy of God. They knew they weren't. They knew they were guilty. Just like our own sin condemns us before a thrice holy God. We deserve the judgment of God. Anything less than the full weight of wrath and judgment and punishment is mercy from God. The space He gives us to repent, that's mercy. He doesn't owe you that. He doesn't owe you 60 or 70 years of life. He doesn't owe you to be able to be living in a, a free country at the moment. The blessings you have 
are grace from God. Mercy giving you space to repent and turn from your sin. So many take that for granted today. They think it's what they've built up for themselves. Trust me. God can touch your health. God can take away your wealth. Everything you have consists by God. It's from God. Know you not that the goodness of God leadeth men to repentance? God's been good to you because He wants you to turn from your sin. God's given you space to repent. Don't fail to recognize that, that that is mercy from God. He could take your life out in a second, in one instant. It'd be nothing for Him to do so. Every single second that He holds His wrath back, that's mercy being shown. Letting us take another breath, that's His mercy being shown. There ought to be a sense of unworthiness in a truly repentant individual. We see submission to God. A lot of people want to come to God on their own terms. Not Nineveh. They weren't striking up some terms of surrender with God. It was full surrender. They knew they were guilty. They knew they deserved wrath. And the only thing they knew to do was to get flat on their faces before God and beg for mercy, not because they deserved it, but they knew that was the only way they might get be spared. So many people today, they want to come to God somehow on their own terms. You know, a lot of churches, it's as if they teach this kind of a gospel. Come to God as you are. Leave as you please. God will still save you. It don't matter. A truly repentant individual is submitted to God. When a person gets saved, the attitude that ought to be there is one of submission, total surrender to God. Lord, I owe you everything. I don't deserve your mercy. If you'll save me, I'll serve you for the rest of my life. That ought to be the attitude that's present. I say this, there, true repentance, when a person's truly repentant and, and God changes their heart, where there once was a desire for the things of the world and a desire to live in sin, to live in the lust of the flesh, there now is a hunger for the things of God that was never there before. Do you hunger for the things of God? Are these attitudes present in your life? If not, you might ought to check up. Has there been a change of heart in your life where you turned Away from your sin, you rejected your past lifestyle and turned lock, stock, and barrel to God and cast yourself to the mercy of God. Has there been a change in your attitude? Do you fear God? Do you have godly sorrow in your life? 
Not sorry you got caught, but sorry that you sinned in the first place. Is there humility in your life? Do you sense your unworthiness before God? Are you submitted to Him? Do you hunger for the things of God? Are these attitudes present in your life? These are true marks or manifestations of repentance in somebody's heart. May I say, not only was there a change of heart, not only is there a change of attitudes, but there's a change in works. It says, let them turn, in verse 8, let them turn every one from his evil way and from the violence that is in their hands. Verse 10, And God saw their works, that they turned from their evil way, and God repented of the evil that he had said he would do unto them, and he did it not. When these folks truly repented, they realized their judgment, they fell under the conviction of God. They knew they were about to be destroyed. They weren't about to do something else to just add up to that wrath. When they repented, the change in heart, they turned from their sin to God. Let's leave the evil way. Let's reject the evil way that we've lived in in the past. Let's turn to God. Let's cry for His mercy. The Thessalonians, for they themselves show us what manner of entering in we had unto you, how that ye turned from, uh, to God from idols to serve the living and true God. We could go to James and read that passage in chapter 2. Faith without works is dead. Those people that tell me they're saved, but their life doesn't evidence it. They still live in sin and sin. there's no regret, no sorrow over it at all. Not one bit about it bothers them. They actually enjoy it. There's something wrong there. I highly doubt they're saved because true repentance will manifest itself in works. It's not the works that are repentance. That would be a work for salvation. Salvation is by grace through faith alone. But let me tell you this. When you're repentant, when you've had that change of heart, it will result in a change of works. Has God changed your heart? You've been listening to the Back to the Book broadcast with Brother Jimmy Ruckman. You can send all correspondence to Brother Jimmy Ruckman, 1621 Six Mile Cemetery Road, Maryville, Tennessee, 37803, or email Back to the Book Broadcast at gmail.com. The Back to the Book broadcast is a ministry of the Ridgeview Baptist Church in Wallen, Tennessee. You can visit the church website at rbcwalland.org.